thank you Holy Spirit hmm. some devils are trembling right now the Bible says that the devils believe and tremble some Goliaths are gonna fall this morning In the name of Jesus. He is here. This is his house. And you are loved. In a way that you can never ever imagine. Some of you are in the furnace. You're saying, why, God, have you allowed me to be in this furnace? Hey, listen. Sometimes God will allow you to be thrown into a furnace. But look around you. There's a fourth man. There's somebody in there with you. There's somebody. And you know what? Contrary to public opinion in your life, you are going to come out of the furnace without even a smell of smoke on your body. I don't understand why Paul was shipwrecked. On his way to Rome, ends up in Malta. That wasn't in his diary. But there he was, floating in an open sea, in, in the wrong direction. The devil saying, where's your God now then? <laughs> and as he hung on to the plank, a piece of driftwood, I'm telling you, I don't care how the devil has tried to destroy your means of transport as you've been moving towards your destiny, but look around you, God will always leave you a piece of driftwood to keep you afloat. And it must have been, it must have been, it must have been frustrating for the devil when he's screaming in the ear of Paul, hey, you should be in Rome. What are you doing here? Where's your God now? Where's all this prosperity and protection stuff? And I can imagine Paul hanging onto the plank with one hand, raising his other hand and saying, thank you, Jesus, for the plank. Come on, somebody. Come on, there's always a plank. <clears throat> Do you know what? That plank, you came in this morning, devastated, wondering what's going on. Someone smiled at you. And it did something inside you. Someone gave you a hug. Someone said, oh man, you're looking great, even though you know you're not looking great. You're looking great. Do you know what? That could be a plank for you. God will not let you down. He is always there for you. Somebody better praise God in this house right here. Let's give our worship team a big clap. Just stay there for a second, James. Just keep. Thank you. Come on, let's give them a big God bless you. They're awesome. You may be seated. Thank you for your prayers. I, I've hit 2018. I've hit the ground running. And uh, God's been blessing. I've been traveling all over Europe. And last week I was in Berlin, 
And it's amazing, there's a, a city of two and a half million people, there's only 5,000 Christians there. And the church that I went to had a thousand of them. Listen to this, and they're all under 35. Something is happening in Europe that's scaring the devil to hell before he gets there. Now, whenever I travel now, wherever I go, God has promised that his presence will be tangible when his word is preached. And I don't know what it is about this morning, Dave. That word that Dave gave was from the Holy Ghost. And I sense an incredible atmosphere of expectancy here. Am I talking to the right people here? The, these, these are, we had, we had an earthquake in Swansea yesterday. Listen, this is the last of the last days. When you get an earthquake in Swansea, you know Jesus is coming soon. Come on, somebody say, Amen. And the Holy Spirit is actually hovering over the service. Now, uh, uh, God has given me a word for today. And uh, strongholds that have been um, entrenched in your life are going to be demolished this morning. I said they're going to be demolished this morning. <clears throat> but we have to listen to what God's going to say. And at the end of my message, we are going to respond. And it's in your response that giants are going to fall. It's in your response that strongholds are going to be demolished. I, I share this um, all the time. I make this statement quite regularly, but Christianity would be very easy if it wasn't for our humanity. And many of you are fighting battles in your humanity this morning. You've been fighting battles for months, maybe even years, and you are losing. And you are frustrated and you are confused as to why that is. Some of you are fighting battles of resentment. Some of you are fighting battles with, with bitterness and jealousy and self-pity and anger. And, and it seems that these negative emotions that you're fighting with have actually set up camp in your life and they refuse to move. The reason why you're not winning these battles, listen very carefully, you have come to God's surgery this morning. Come on, somebody. And I'm a spiritual, I'm, I'm a spiritual doctor. And first of all, I'm going to diagnose your situation. Because some of you have come to the doctor's surgery this morning and you don't know what's wrong with you. That's why you go to the doctor. You're having these symptoms. And some of you are having these symptoms. I'm going to diagnose your situation and you're going and I'm going to and I'm going to prescribe the medicine that will totally cure you and heal you once and for all. Anybody say amen here. The reason why you're not winning these battles is because you're fighting emotional battles using emotional weapons. You're trying to dislodge these negative emotions by psyching up positive emotions. And you're frustrated. The Bible says, watch this. The Bible says that we don't war against flesh 
and blood. We don't war. Our warfare is not in the sense realm. We don't fight emotion with emotion. We don't fight negativism with positivism. No, the, the Bible says that we don't war against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in high places. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, that word can encompass, they are not emotional. They are not carnal. They are not psychological. The weapons that we fight with are not human. <laughs> How many of you know we have access to another dimension that can rip the devil, destroy his power in our lives? So let's forget this. I, 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 you know, I believe in counseling. I believe in psychological help. I believe in medication. But I am talking about another realm that we have access to, which we are going to release this morning into your life. And we're going to see strongholds demolished. We don't, they're not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And here's a, another added frustration is, is because you're having these negative emotions that you can't seem to dislodge, to add to the frustration, some of you feel that God is angry with you for having these destructive emotions. For instance, we'll read Ephesians 4 verse 31, where Paul says, get rid of all bitterness and get rid of all rage and get rid of all anger and harsh words and slander. He says, get rid of it, get rid of it and get rid of all types of evil behavior. But watch this, when we read verses like that, we read the verse, but this is how we interpret God saying those words to us. Hey, how dare you feel bitter? We read these verses and we think God is looking down with an angry face. How, how, how disgusting you are not to forgive. I can't come near you because of that stinking resentment that's lurking in your heart. And so not only are we frustrated because we can't deal with these negative emotions, but we... We now feel God is angry with us because we have them. Somebody say amen in this house right here. Listen to me. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. We are human beings having a, working out something supernatural. So stay with me. Are you still alive out there? But when we read these scriptures and we read a few more, God is, 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 is telling us, he's trying to tell us through these scriptures, hey, your bitterness and resentment is not hurting me. It's hurting you. And my love and my desire is that you enjoy my abundant life that I've made available in the finished work of Jesus. But you, 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 need, you need to wise up that the devil has come to steal and kill and destroy. He can't rub your name out of the Lamb's book of life. Once, you're, once you got saved, nothing can rub your name out of the Lamb's book of life. You are saved forever, eternally. 
The devil knows he can't stop that, but what he tries to do is try to get you to live in hell till you get to heaven. And I hope this is going to, I know it's going to answer some questions. He wants us to realize that harboring these destructive emotions, instead of resisting the devil, we are actually assisting him. And I think one of the greatest incentives to get rid of resentment and bitterness is to realize, my God, I didn't know I was working for the devil. Come on, somebody say amen here. My God, we are actually, we are actually handing him the tools he needs to build strongholds in our lives. Now, I'm going to take you some deep, I'm going to go deep here. Are you, are you ready for this journey here? And get ready at the end of this message to start worshiping and praising. Because something's going to happen here. Watch this. James chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things, watch this now. Such things are earthly unspiritual, watch this, and demonic. <laughs> There's another realm at work here. Where there is jealousy and selfish ambition. In other words, I'm having my way and that's it. I don't care what she says, he says, what God says even. I'm right. Well, wake up here. Because, because where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil. <laughs> evil of every kind. So, so this is not just an emotional battle. It's a demonic one. Demons are involved. Bitterness, selfishness, jealousy and resentment is the oxygen demons need to wreak havoc in your life. Satan actually exploits our humanity to ruin our Christianity. Come on, somebody say amen here. And it's in this context I want to minister today, not that God hates you for feeling bitter. He doesn't hate you for feeling unforgiveness. He doesn't hate you because... You're having this stuff going on in your life. But Ray, you don't know what they said to me. You don't know what they did to me. I, I understand. Because believe it or not, I am human too. We're all dealing with stuff. There's not one person in this room that's not dealing with something. Watch this. You're not dealing with someone. We don't fight against flesh and blood. Come on. And the Holy Ghost wants to open our eyes to actually see where the warfare is. My God, I feel like, I, I feel like if there was a chandelier here, I'd be on it. Trust me. Can we just give praise to Jesus right now? Come on, to say, we are listening to your word right here. No, God loves you enough to show you how to disarm the devil so he cannot use your own humanity 
to rob you spiritually. Jesus is wonderful. I said, Jesus is wonderful. And, and, and when you read his words, you've got to understand these, these are Jesus' words. And very often, do you know what he will do? How many of you know Jesus did not come from Cardiff? He came from heaven. Heaven is another dimension outside our dimension. And do you know what? We are going there one day forever and forever and forever. But at the moment, we are here. So Jesus very often lifts the veil between the natural and the supernatural. Very often, Jesus, for our benefit, he, he, op he lifts the veil between this world and the parallel spiritual world. I mean, the story of the rich man and Lazarus is a classic example. The, both, the, the beggar died and the rich man died and Jesus lifts the veil. He says, this is what goes on after you die. Now, on another occasion in relationship to what I'm preaching this morning, Jesus lifts the veil and shows us how the devil will use our humanity to bind us spiritually. And he does it so that we can be wise. And I, I, I mean, this, this just revolutionized my life. I've only preached this, I've only been starting preaching this message like a month ago. So this is fresh. Fresh bread from heaven. Luke chapter 11. We won't read the whole verse, just part of it. Luke 11 verse 24. Now Jesus is showing us what happens in the spiritual dimension with the stuff I'm talking about. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, so Jesus does not deny the existence of demonic activity. Demons are real. I'm not saying this to go, don't talk about that. No, listen, listen, I'm not saying this to make you go all like, uh, like uh, X-Files. No, I'm just saying. Come on, somebody say amen. There's not enough talk about this. I'm telling you. That's why people are still bound. Demons are involved. We, have, we are involved in a real warfare. Satan hates what you have. He hates the fact that you're able to go into work tomorrow and smile and, and bless someone and say, Jesus loves you. He hates that. But I tell you this, in the name of Jesus, we've not come here to defeat the devil. He was defeated 2,000 years ago on the cross and with the resurrection. Somebody better praise him in this house because I'm making myself happy here. When an unclean spirit, Jesus says, this is what's happening. This is how they operate. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, that demon goes through dry places, seeking rest. Jesus said, demons are looking for dry places. They walk in dry places where they can rest, where they can set up camp. Come on, somebody say amen right here. There are dry places that God creates. 
They are wildernesses. Sometimes God will allow you to go through a wilderness, not because he hates you, but sometimes God will allow you to go to a dry place to develop your character. But there are dry places we create ourselves that allows Satan to destroy our character. Jesus tells us, devils seek dry places. They can cause havoc in dry places. They can kill, steal, and destroy in dry places. They can split churches in dry places. They can destroy marriages in dry places. They can even cause suicide in dry places. Jesus says the devil seeks dry places. Places of poor irrigation. Places where there is an absence of water. Come on, we go in somewhere with this. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober. Peter says, be sober in this war. Understand what's going on here. Be sober and vigilant because you're, come on, Jesus said, the devils seek what? Dry places. Say dry places. Dry. So the devils, Jesus said, they will seek dry places. Watch this. So be sober, 1 Peter 5, 8. Vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking. What's he seeking? Come on. Dry places. Seeking whom he may devour. He is seeking dry places. And I said, Lord, what are the dry places? And here was his answer. Are you ready for this answer? I'm just diagnosing right now. I'm diagnosing what's wrong with you. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came to the surgery this morning? It's all right. They have the antidotes coming soon. Just hang in there. Ephesians chapter 4. Um, this is wild. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 in the Amplified Bible describes dry places. Do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin. Or another translation says, don't give the devil a place to rest. What did Jesus say? Demons seek dry places to what? To rest. To set up camp. To create a stronghold. Do not give the devil an opportunity, a place to work. Watch this. This is how we cooperate with the devil. This is how we actually create a dry place in our heart where devils love to walk. Watch this in the Amplified. Holding a grudge. Nurturing anger. Harboring resentment. Cultivating bitterness. Are you listening to these adjectives here? These are not emotions and attitudes that pass through us. We all get we, the, the, the rushing emotion of resentment or anger or bitterness. We get that, that but you know, the, you know, for most of us, for ge generally speaking, you know, we, we allow them to pass through us. But look at the words that are used here. Holding a grudge, holding it. This is mine. I need them to repent first. 
Uh, they need to come to me for God sent fire down on them. Holding, it means refusing to let something go. You're creating a dry place. Look at this, nurturing anger. <laughs> now nobody gets angry here, I know that. But look, we all lose it sometimes. We all get angry sometimes. We all go off the ball. But, but that's, that, that's, we, we, that's it. But the word used here is nurturing it. To care for, nurture, to care for and protect something. To encourage it to grow. Perpetuating its life. That's what nurturing anger. You know what you're doing? You're creating a dry place where devils love to walk. Look at this one. Harboring resentment. I mean, I don't use to, you can see the analogy where a ship comes into port and, and, and drops anchor and, and does not leave. Harboring to give a permanent resting place in your heart, anchoring it to your soul. And look at this one. Cultivating bitterness. It's an agricultural term. To, watch this, cultivating bitterness to provide suitable soil, fertilizer, and environment for a plant to grow. Not only that, but to daily tend to its development. Come on, somebody, are you, are you out here? I'm diagnosing. You may not like the diagnosis, but you asked for it. You came this morning. God, show me what's wrong with me. Come on, somebody say amen here. I paraphrased that to show it like this. To refuse to let go of a grudge and to actively take care of and protect negative anger. Helping it to develop and perpetuate its life. To give shelter, protection, and hospitality to resentment, giving it a place to stay, and daily tending to bitterness like a plant, and ensuring the soil of my heart is a dry place, allowing it to grow. Holding grudges, nurturing anger, harboring resentment, cultivating bitterness, watch this, produces barren wastelands in our heart where devils love to walk. It's no wonder uh, that Paul was so passionate when he was speaking to born-again believers in Ephesians 4. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault-finding, slander, get rid of it. Along, and he doesn't stop there. Along with every kind of malice and spitefulness and verbal abuse. What was Paul saying? Don't give the devil a dry place to walk. This is another realm which we don't understand. And do you know what? Refusing, refusing to do so. And I know some of you, look, I know this is a bit hard to take this morning because some of you are saying, but I like being resentful. <laughs> uh, you don't, what people have done to you, what they've said to you, it's tough, I know that. But when you understand what I'm talking about, this should be the incentive. Come on, somebody say amen here. Watch, watch this. God is saying, it's not hurting me. 
It hurts me that you were hurting. That's why he gives us these scriptures. And refusal to do so will create a dry place, according to Jesus, where devils love to walk. Watch this. Psalm 68 verse 6 says, The rebellious dwell, where? In dry places. And I know, look, sometimes, listen, hey, you know, when I want to get even and, I, and, I, and the scripture comes and I know I've got to submit to that, that's not easy. The rebellious Raymond from his Olven just rises up. That was a good one, rebellious. Rebellious Raymond from his Olven. the song with my head down. Are you still with me here? The Bible says, resist the devil, don't assist him. And in my own life, every time the devil tempts me to give up, Every time the devil tempts me to get even or to get mad or to get bitter. Every time the devil tempts me to, be, to get selfish or to get condemned. It was because he was seeking a dry place in my life. Now please understand, I'm not talking about demon possession. I'm talking about demon per permission. I'm not talking about having a devil. No Christian can be possessed of a devil. Come on somebody. But we are open to their attack. And they attack in the sense realm. In our humanity. I'm not talking about having a devil. I'm talking about being hindered by one. I'm not talking about the devil getting to your world. I'm talking about him getting to your heart. That's the diagnosis. Hey, how many would like to have the remedy right here? Come on, are you ready for the medicine right here? Come on. We're all dealing with this stuff. Now, in my incredible intellectual massive knowledge of life, I began to realize something. Now, if the devil loves dry places, then the Holy Spirit must love you are brilliant. Give yourself a, a clap. That's fantastic. So if the devil, if the devil seeks dry places, it's common sense to understand that the Holy Spirit seeks wet places. And when I saw this, my God, when I saw this, when the devil seeks dry places to destroy, the Holy Spirit seeks wet places to create. There is some creations going to take place in this meeting right here. Come on. I already sense the expected. I sense people responding here. Man, look at this. Then God showed me this scripture. Genesis 1 verse 1 to 2. And I saw it in this light. And I, my God, it was amazing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and empty and darkness covered the face of the deep. But here's the good news. See, because that's how some of you have come in here this morning. Chaos, darkness, disorder, hurt, ugliness. That's how some of you have come. And you think God's against you. No, man. He's not against you. You have to see it before you can apply the remedy to deliver you from it. Watch this. And over all this chaos and all this mess and all this ugliness, the Bible says, and the Spirit 
of God was hovering over the surface of the water. That's not a clap. That's not a shout. Come on. Wet places attract the creative power of the Holy Spirit. A place where he can create order out of confusion. Beauty out of ugliness. Fullness out of emptiness. And light in the darkness. Bitterness, resentment, strife, and anger create ugly worlds and dry hearts. And some of you have created dry places in your hearts where devils love to walk and robbing you of the life that Jesus has for you. I remember a few weeks ago, Dave was preaching, and some of you, I, I, I want to say that I expanded a little bit. But as Dave was preaching, God gave me this revelation. He gave me this revelation. And, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm just going to put this out there. The remedy, this is what we're going to do this morning. The remedy, I'm driving, up, I'm driving up to Heathrow. And all this ugliness is going on in me. Where I don't want to be a minister anymore. I want to be a mass murderer or something. I... I I, you know, you ladies, you understand that. So, you know, it's like, so, yeah, thank God I'm a male. Pray, God, my God, the estrogen, you can have it. Uh, so, so anyway, <laughs> some of you sexists out there going, what? See, I told you, just proving a point. <laughs> anyway, you know, ladies, like sometimes, when you come into the room and your eyes come around the corner before your body, you know what I'm talking about? You understand what I'm saying? See, what a response, because it's true. And I'm having all this stuff from this estrogen going on in me. I'm going up to the airport and, and I'm dealing on this and, and they said and that and this and what and that's not right, that's unjust. And I'm, I'm approaching the airport and, and this is what I saw. Could you put that? that uh, little clip up there. I'm approaching uh, the airport and, uh, th and this is what I saw, right? And I thought, oh God, look at them lining up. Look at them. But there's anger coming, waiting to land right there. There's anger. Oh no, look what's behind. Jealousy is coming behind there. Oh God, if I'm not enough, look what's coming. Resentment. Oh my God, why do they stop coming? Switch it off, please, because it's really depressing me. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, what, why? I said, Lord, please shoot the planes down. Deal with it. Do you know, honestly, I, got, I nearly crashed. The Holy Ghost, this, is, this wasn't me. I'm not this intelligent. I said, Lord, shoot these negative emotions down. And God says, no, I'm asking you to close the airport. Come on, somebody say Amen. Close the airport. I said, what do you mean, close the airport? He said, Ray, devils cannot land on flooded runways. He said, listen, the answer is in your own mouth. The answer is in your hands. He says, flood the airport of your heart with my word and with worship. Devils cannot land on word-covered runways. Devils 
cannot land on worship-covered runways. Come on, somebody say amen. Devils cannot land on grace-covered runways. Forgiveness covered runways. Oh, the question you're asking, I know. Ray, how do I flood the airport? I'm so glad you asked me. The first thing you need to do, and I sense it in this meeting this morning, you need to have a thirst for it. Some of you are fed up of being fed up. You're fed up of dealing with this stuff. And you say, Ray, I'm thirsty. Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh, my emotional life longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. You're fed up of the dryness of negative emotions. Ask God to help you to flood the runways this morning. Am I talking to some thirsty people in this house right here? Are we doing good? Oh, what about this one from Jesus himself? John 7, 37. If anyone thirst, anyone, not those who got their lives together. No, man. The very ones who haven't got their lives together are the ones that should be asking God something here. No, he says, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes, that's all you got to do. <coughs> he who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his belly will flow rivers. Come on, we're talking about flooding the airport here. And what will the result of a flooded airport be? Watch this. Isaiah 44 verse 3. I will pour water on him that is thirsty and floods on dry ground. Come on, man. God is ready. God is ready. The Holy Spirit hovers over thirsty hearts. Thirsty hearts unleash the floods of heaven. And devils cannot walk on dry ground. His word is water to your airport. His word, believing his word. Two, two disciples walking to Emmaus uh, and their, their hearts were full of, of, of dry places. The dry place of disappointment, the dry place of rejection. And they were talking to one another and, and they were getting more barren as they walked. But the Bible says, but Jesus drew near. And how did he deal with the dry heart? Oh, listen to this. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus began to flood their dry hearts with the water of the word of God. And by the time that was over, their hearts burned within them. Come on, somebody say, hey, you've got to flood your heart. You've got to flood your heart. Jesus flooded those dry places with his word. What about your condemnation flooded runway? Well, just... Just uh, dry the dry place of condemnation. Why didn't you just flood the runway with, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. What about the dry place of fear? Well, flood the runway with, God's not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. When we believe, oh, what? I'm preaching myself very happy here. Am I, am I in the right doctor? Am I the right, in the right place here? Now watch this. This blew me away. Faye and I were talking about this week. I didn't know that Faye used this scripture 
a couple of weeks ago. God is doing something in this house. Haven't you got great pastors here? No, I said, haven't you got great pastors here? And this blew me away. We're talking about flooding airports. Look at this. Look at this. Isaiah 59, verse 19. I love it. We got it up there. Is it there? Isaiah 59. No, uh, yeah. Uh, Have I got the right one? Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. So they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Next one. There's another one there. Watch this. When the enemy comes in like a flood, watch this. The Old Testament scriptures were written without any, what they call, yeah, punctuation. Yes, thank you. The, 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 the Old Testament scriptures were written without punctuation. If you study them, I mean, uh, Faye gave me an insight into this verse about the infighting that was going on in this chapter here. Watch this. So when the translators came to translate this verse, in the context, if you study the, in the context, they put the comma in the wrong place. It should read like this. When the enemy comes in, comma, then like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. That deserves a praise and a clap right here. God is the flood. God is the flood. We're nearly through. We're nearly through. Can you just give the Lord a big clap? Musicians, come up here. Somebody praise him in this house right here. Now we're going we're gonna to get very practical here. Because when you apply the word of God, when your heart is thirsty, I want, do you know the, the best way to flood it? Is to worship. When you worship in your pain, when you worship with a dry place, when you worship dealing with bitterness, when you worship dealing with anger, do you know what it looks like to the devil? A tsunami. Like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. This is not just singing songs here. This is a spiritual war. And Jesus said, you need to flood the dry places. Close the airport. Because the Holy Spirit seeks wet. He cannot create until he sees a wet place. Come on, somebody say amen here. You got, that's our cooperation with him. And Jesus modeled this so often. It, well, look at this. It, some of you have experienced and may be experiencing the sting of betrayal. And it's a difficult one. And, and there's a dry place beginning to create. No, you nip it in the bud. Jesus example that. Watch this. In the same night that he was betrayed, at the very moment he was human, and the devil was trying to create a dry place right there. He wanted Jesus to harbor it. He wanted Jesus to nurture it. 
He wanted Jesus to cultivate it. But this is how Jesus dealt with this spiritual war right here. He says, I know, you know, the Bible says we don't fight. It, 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 it wasn't it Judas. There was somebody behind all this. The Bible says that Satan entered the heart of Judas. Okay? He, Judas was just the means to try to get a dry place in Jesus' life. And in the same night that he was betrayed, he gave thanks. Dave did that, that There's a flow in this service. He gave thanks. Listen, I've just given you the diagnosis for you to get delivered right here, right now, from all this stuff that's trying to rob you. You need to give praise to Jesus. He gave thanks. Jesus was attacked emotionally with betrayal, but responded with a spiritual weapon. Jesus irrigated his heart with thanksgiving and worship, and the devil found no place to walk. Come on, man. This is a great life if we just apply this. I'm going to finish with this, and then we're going to set some floods up. Are we going to, I said we're going to set some floods up to drive these dry places in our lives. We all have them. God's not here to condemn you. He's here to say, listen, this is how you deal. This is my medicine here. Paul and Silas were in a prison after obeying God. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. No, no. See, somebody's saying, how come I'm in this mess when I obeyed God? You're in the mess because you obeyed God. Because there's somebody who doesn't want you to obey God. This is a spiritual war. And there they were, Silas. I can imagine Silas looking at Paul. There's another fine mess you got us into, isn't it? I thought he said, God told you to come here. You had a vision. Come over here. What's up with that now? We're in this prison, beaten up. We can hardly move. We're stuck in stocks here. What are you going to do about it, Paul? Ah, we're just going to flood the airport. The, the devil is trying to find a dry place right here. Hey, where's your God then? You obeyed God. How come you're in this mess then? Let's have a dry place. See, seeking. The devil goes around. Are you still here? Seeking a dry place. So what happened? Paul hurting, man. In prison for doing the will of God. And he goes, you know what, Silas? Come on, mate. We haven't got a praise band here, but you know what? These chains can make a bit of a rhythm, do you reckon? Come on, you, you, you see that stone pit? You, I'm, you tap it on the, on the backbeat. You tap it on the wall, on the backbeat. No, you're not. Silas, you're useless. Just leave the stone. Let me just do this. And the Bible says at midnight, at the darkest time, at the most painful time, at the most uncreative time, the Bible says that Paul and Silas began to sing praises unto God. Watch this. And God came in like a flood and not only opened the prison door of Paul and Silas, but he shook the whole prison so that everybody Come on, somebody, say amen right here. Hey, listen, not only are you coming out, 
but the people watching you are coming out also. Come on, somebody say amen. Because they're going to say, my God, if God can deliver them from that situation, He can deliver me from my situation. Come on, this is the time to worship. This is the time to praise the Lord. This is the time to flood the dry places. I want you to stand to your feet right now. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing. Well, come on, man. Come on.